Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site, bettingangle.us, a free site. It is May the 27th, 2022. Let's talk boxing. Let's talk about one of the best possible fights in the entire sport that could be made that's going to happen in a few days. But first, remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, we understand great runs in boxing. There's certain fighters who, over a period of time, <laughs> you look at... <laughs> this is choking me up, obviously. Over a period of time, you look at the fighter. And you say to yourself, my God. Can anybody beat this guy? The guy's on a run, and he's just a cut above, right? Mike Tyson in the 1980s. You thought the sport was redefined. Marvin Hagler at middleweight in the 1980s, right? Larry Holmes, people forget the Holmes era, at heavyweight. You understood there was everyone else. And then there was Larry Holmes. It was so bad that other guys had titles. Holmes was not undisputed. And you always thought, man, what would happen if John Tate or Mike Weaver or one of these other guys fought Larry Holmes? Because you knew Holmes was the big leagues. Today, until his last fight, Canelo created the optical illusion that you could just go from 154 to 160, dominate. You could just go to 168, dominate. You could jump up to 175, beat a champ there, come back to 168, unify, become undisputed, right? You understand great runs. You understand when you can look at a guy and you just say, okay, well, he's the best in that weight class and everyone nods. There isn't even a serious dispute, right? At Welter right now, you have different groups. You have the Errol Spence crowd. And I'll agree, Spence looked magnificent his last fight. Right? Magnificent. That's some of the best Errol Spence I've ever seen. Did not expect it. But then you have the side of the street I'm on, the Terrence Crawford side. In other words, you can have great fighters but not have a consensus. Folks, there's a consensus at Bantamweight. The guy is on a Mike Tyson run. This is the man, and he's a gentleman, right? He comes across as soft-spoken, but yet this is the man the press calls monster. One of the heaviest punchers in the sport. I rarely give out A-plus ratings. Right? You know I give an A-plus rating to Deontay Wilder's straight right hand. Right, folks? Naoa Inoue's left hook gets an A-plus rating. He's a great left hooker. Let me also say, too, there are very few guys who you look at their highlights and you see 
multiple fights in which they're fighting an opponent who looks completely healthy. Then the guy gets drilled with a couple of body shots. And the guy just drops. Looks like he's been shot. Folks, Inoue is one of the best body punchers in the entire sport. Right? I need for people to understand that this guy, and it's interesting, because his persona is not that of a bully. But this is one of those guys who you watch his fights and you're thinking to yourself, my goodness, does this opponent have a shot at all? Right? And in a way, isn't trying to come forward and just attack like a Marvin Hagler would. No, this guy actually at times is on his back foot. But when he steps forward in river, oh my goodness. Right? He's clearly, that's the word to use, clearly, on the pound for pound list among the absolute best in boxing. Right? He's a bantamweight. You need to know about him. Now, since 2016, and by the way, I expect him to win the fight I'm discussing, but that's not how I'm going to bet it. Because after all, this is gambling. Sometimes you have to speculate. Right? That company that you're looking at and you're saying, man, they're going up against Barnes & Noble. How do they expect to compete? They're going up against Borders. Right? Sometimes you have to bet on Amazon when it's an unknown. When the business model doesn't make sense. When you're thinking to yourself, gee, I, I buy my books at Barnes & Noble in a physical location. These guys don't even have a store? Right? Sometimes you have to take the other side of the play. And I'm doing so here. Understand, I expect the opponent to lose, to in a way. But as long as the casino compensates me for the risk, I'll be the casino suckleberry. I'll help make the betting market. Folks, you're getting a plus 435. Let me repeat that. A plus 435 on Anito Denier. Folks, this is that rare fight where two of the best left hooks in boxing are going up against each other. Right? Denier has an A level left hook. Right? Now I know. I know. People are going to say he's a plus 435 for a reason. They fought the first time. Didn't they? Didn't, in a way, win that fight. True. Didn't Denier hit the canvas in that fight? Gets off the canvas, finishes the fight, but didn't Denier hit the canvas in that fight? Agreed. Some people are going to look at the calendar. They're going to say, isn't Denier 39 years old at bantamweight? 
right? Not heavyweight, where the calendar goes out the window, right? Where we know we've had some champs, right? Sonny Liston comes to mind, who were likely in their 40s, right? Who we don't really have real birth certificates on. No, this is bantamweight. Or if you're over 30, you're suspect. Here's a guy at 39 years old. Hey, I, I understand. Here's my response. Since 2016, six years ago, only one man has gone the distance against Inoue. And it's this man, Nanito Denier. Also, look, you got two groups in boxing, right, um, outside of the ring. You have those who believe in the judges' scorecards. I'm not raising my hand. I, I hardly believe in judges' scorecards. And then you got people like me who would rather trust their own two eyes. Folks, the first N.O.A. Denaire fight was razor close. I know someone's going to go to boxrec.com and they're going to look at the scorecards and they're going to say, come on, Dwyer, this judge had N.O.A. winning by five, six, seven rounds. Look, I can't speak for the judge, but I can speak for my two eyes. Right? That was razor close. To me, that fight turns on the knockdown. And the knockdown was in a round where Denaire was looking good. Let me also say, too, that a leopard really can't change its spots. Inoue is just accustomed because of his skills because of his gifts. He's just accustomed to dominate in the pocket, right? He, you know, he believes the pocket is his living room. He views you as the visitor, right? He's a guy who comes in, throws some left hooks, you know, will then start throwing combinations. This is the combination throwing power puncher. He's not a pot shotter. And he'll go all in. Two-handed attack, he's very two-handed. You heard me praise his left hand earlier, right? His left hook up top is spectacular. His left hook to the body is spectacular. He also has an excellent right hand. He opens up in the pocket. To me, that gives... Denaire an opening. A strength can also be a weakness. All Denaire wants to do here, and it's a situational play, is to land, and he did the first fight, by the way, is to land on Inoue a counter left hook. Right? To get an idea of what I'm talking about, go back in history. And look at Denier against a fighter we thought was unbeatable at the time. Vic Darchinian. Right? Let me also point out, too, that as bright as the light shines off Inoue, 
I need for people to understand that Denier is a future Hall of Famer. Right, you know what Denier did after his spirited fight against Inoue? And think about it. You're in your later 30s and you decide you're going to go fight the best in the weight class. Right? Denier isn't a guy waiting for fights. Denier is a guy who is fighting young lions in their prime who are on the pound-for-pound pound list. So after losing to Inoue in a razor-close fight, by far, and I mean by far, the toughest fight unbeaten Inoue has had in his career, Denier follows that up by fighting two unbeaten fighters. And, of course, he beats both of them by stoppage. So now he's back in Japan, the same place where he lost the first fight to Inoue. You know, beating Inoue anywhere is a tall order. Beating him in Japan, well, that's even tougher. <laughs> That's like fighting Canelo in Vegas. That's like fighting Benavides in Glendale, Arizona. Right? Good luck with that. Unless you know you have boxing, one of boxing's best left hooks. You're the KG vet who already knows he can be on his front foot against Inouye because he already fought 12 rounds against Inouye. You want to know the mistake Denier made in the first fight? And it's fascinating. Look at that first fight. Denier fighting a young lion. Landed his Sunday punch in the second or third round. Right? And it shook Inouye. But Inouye was fresh. The fight had just started. Inouye wasn't tired. Inouye wasn't neglectful against a senior citizen yet. Now understand, there are those, George Foreman, and it's ironic because, of course, Foreman had heavy power and dispatched Joe Fraser in two rounds, right? Even older Foreman dispatches Jerry Cooney in, like, two rounds, right? But Foreman had a theory. Foreman's theory was, hey, if I hit this guy with my best shot early, the guy's going to be fresh. He might be able to take it. And then he's going to think, oh, I need to stay away from that hand. <laughs> right. In other words, the guy's not going to think, oh, let me trade here. This is an old man. His right hand's going to do what? Right? No, the guy's going to think, man, I remember this right hand from the second round. <laughs> right? I'm not going to come close to this. I have the legs to move away, right? I believe Denier's mistake was he went for it early against Inouye. Had he played it off and given away, I know this is boxing heresy, but had he given away some of the early rounds with the idea of, look, I'm not going to win a decision. Y'all know I'm here for the KO. I need for this young guy to think he's fighting an old man. I need for this young guy to think that I got nothing to hit him with. 
So when I take out the heavy artillery in round five, this guy's unprepared for it. When I stop acting like a lamb and actually reveal myself as a wolf, I want this guy to be unsuspecting. Right? Think Foreman against Michael Moore. Right? So he hits in a way. It shook in a way. With a great left hand in like rounds two or three, in a way changed his game. Actually started backing up more. In a way at that point understood who he was fighting. Before he was fighting an old man. Suddenly the focus came on and he understood he was fighting a future Hall of Famer. That Denier was in his living room trying to take control of the TV remote. This fight, I believe, Denier, and this is one of the sharpest boxers in the game, right? This is one of those KG vets. Long history of big fights, right? The kind of fighter who gives Denier problems is a Nicholas Walters, right? It's a Vasyl Lomachenko, right? Here he's dealing with something different that he might be able to hang with. Understand, Nicholas Walters was not going to let you come forward against him at all. In a way, it's a little bit of a switch. So in a way, will allow you to come in the pocket as he backs away a little bit. As I said, he's a bit of a gentleman. So what Denier has to do here is to just time it a little bit better. He knows he can land his left hook. He just needs to make sure the situation is one where Inouye is not completely fresh. Inouye is unsuspecting, has been lulled into a pattern where he starts to take Denier for granted. Denier needs to try to drop the hammer not at the beginning of the fight, but in the middle to the later part of the fight. Denier's old enough, he's experienced enough to understand he's not going to get a decision in Japan. All he has to do is look at the inexplicable scorecards from the first fight. One judge had the fight a one-round gap. Okay, <clears throat> that's how I saw it, right? As I said earlier, the difference was in a way gets the knockdown. Right? The other two judges, I have no idea what fight they were watching. Now, I credit Inouye for taking this fight. He's unified, folks, at bantamweight. He could give away a title. He doesn't need this fight. He knows this old man is his toughest fight to date. He understands he has a great left hook. Hey, Denier has a great left hook. He understands Denier has great defense. Look at Denier's hands. Right here he is fighting in a way. He has his body bent. So his body's hard to fight. This is against one of boxing's elite body punchers. And he has his hands up here. 
right? So he's catching a lot of shots that Inoue uses to stop other guys. So, right now, the only bet I could make on this fight, because they haven't published an over-under where I bet, is to take the underdog at a plus 435. That's bet a dollar to win $4.35 back. Right? They're giving plus the dollar you bet. They're giving Denier one of the best bantamweights in the world who has already gone the distance, the only man to go the distance within a way since 2016. They're giving him less than a one in five chance of winning the fight, right? It's a 4.35 to one. So they're telling you if these fighters fought 5.35 times, Denier would only win once. Now I'll concede. Inoue's in his prime. He's in his 20s. I'll concede Denier is 39 years old. I'm just telling you it's an old adage in boxing. Power is the last to go. Right, George Foreman won the heavyweight title in his 40s. As long as Denier has that left hook, as long as he's able to, in his two prior fights, knock out unbeaten Lions. In other words, this is a guy still knocking out guys. As long as he still has that KO power, and as long as he still is a practitioner of the sweet science. In other words, this is the thinking man's fighter. Denier has been around. He has above average defense. He knows how to carry himself. I'm sure in the first fight, in a way, was a bit shocked that this guy in his, you know, senior years in boxing, right, 35 and older, was actually coming forward on him. The first fight is so confusing that understand, Denier gets in a way who has one of boxing's absolutely best left hooks to start throwing a left jab, right? I'm sure Denier thought, great, I'd rather this brother throw jabs with that left hand than hooks, right? Just to understand, the first fight, Denier had in a way confused, had in a way doing things, that helped Denier, right? That's how Denier goes the distance. He's fighting a young lion. He tamed the young lion some rounds, right? So, as I like to say, some bets make themselves. I'm a big fan of Inouye. I believe he's one of the absolute best in the sport, pound for pound. But if I'm in a casino and you tell me, hey, man, they're offering plus 435 on Denier. By the time you turn around, I'm, I'll be out of my seat. I'll be up at the counter making the bet. Right? This is like getting a plus 435 on Vladimir Klitschko. Right? You understand, this guy has been around. This guy is cagey. This guy has KO power. 
I don't care if he's fighting Usyk. Right? Denier only has to be right once. I'll take the risk. I'm taking Danilo Denier here at a plus 435. I expect him to lose, folks. But your gambling portfolio has to have bets where you expect your guy to lose, but damn it, they're offering you such spectacular odds, and you realize Denier at anything above a plus 150 is a compelling value. Right? I'm taking the KG vet here. When they release other odds, I'll look at them, right? The over-under and stuff like that. The problem here, and let's be clear, is that NOA has earned the nickname Monster. Right? There is the possibility, and you need to be completely aware of it, that NOA comes out and looks like Mike Tyson early. Lord knows he has in the past, right? In a way, might have taken this fight knowing that, damn, this old guy gave me the toughest fight of my career. And this might be the fight he has circled, right? This is how champions think, right? He has circled as a redemption fight, even though he was awarded the decision in the first fight, even though we knocked down Denier in the first fight. So when you're talking about two of boxing's best left hooks, I'll concede this fight could end at any time. So the over-under, you know, the number might be tasty. I might lay off that. If a good prop comes out on NOA by stoppage, right? Why? Because the guy has 19 KOs in 22 fights, folks. Then I might hedge the play with NOA by stoppage. But understand, I have a lot to hedge with because on the Denier side of the play, I'm getting a plus 435. I think it's a casino mispricing. I know that's not the way the public sees it. All I ask is that rather than you blindly believe the judges' scorecards, and I'm just telling you in boxing, that's perilous. Right? This is the group that wants us to believe that Canelo won the first four rounds of the Bevo fight. Right, If you blindly believe the judges' scorecards, you're going to look at them and say, wow, two of the judges had, in a way, ahead by several rounds over to near the first fight. Look, man, just pull out highlights of the fight. I have them in my favorites folder. All you have to do is look at the highlights. You don't even have to look at the full fight, and the full fight's a classic. But if you look at the highlights, you're going to say, come on, man, this this was a five-round fight. or You know, this, this wasn't a lopsided fight. This was nip and tuck. Well, folks, it's a rematch. Nanito Denier in a rematch against a young guy who Denier has already gone the distance against. Right? Denier at 39 is not playing games with his career. Right? It's feast or famine. He's hunting for big game here. He's not trying to become the bantamweight champion through the back door. No, this is, okay, who's the best in the division? Right? 
that's who I want. They say, hey, you have to come to Japan to fight our guy. It's like, okay, where's the airport? Have the ticket waiting for me. That's who this guy is. I'm telling you, he's a Hall of Famer. This is a great fight. I'm taking Denier plus 435. I expect to lose. What the hell? I'll take my chances. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this video. Thanks for stopping by.